0: You are listening to As a Woman, Episode 13, Girl, Quit Your Job. In this episode, I'm giving you permission to say no. I'm telling you that leaving something that isn't right for you is not a failure, and I'm helping you identify what really matters to you and appreciate your own worth. Listen to my challenge for you this week. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 13, Girl Quit Your Job. First of all, like this episode is a lot for me, like a lot, a lot. I'm putting some of my failures out here, putting them on the line because I know that quitting feels like a failure. And we've been told our whole lives not to quit. Don't be a quitter, quitters are losers, quitters finish last. It is actually ingrained in our brain that quitting is bad. But now I've done it twice And I think that for especially women, the fear of failure is so strong, it holds us in a paralyzed state. To admit that you're wrong, to admit that you made a mistake, to admit that something isn't right for you, something that you chose, to admit that maybe you need more of something or something else, those are hard things. But I am here to say that being true to yourself means that you must give yourself grace. And I'm gonna say it again give yourself grace. Friends, listen. We are dynamic beings. We have the joy and the privilege to live on this earth and develop long-lasting relationships and have meaningful careers. We can work hard and accomplish big things. But you must realize that this process is not a straight line. This process requires constant evaluation and acceptance of who you are in making sure that you are working for things that are in line with your true and your authentic self. And so here is something that I have come to believe about happiness. Happiness exists when you are being true and authentic to who you are. And maybe that seems really obvious to you. Maybe that seems like something you already know. But friends, it's really taking me years and years and years to get to the point where I can really understand this. Happiness is not making your parents proud. Happiness is not going to graduate school because you said you would. Happiness is not marrying a boy who's madly in love with you but doesn't set your soul on fire. Happiness is not leaving your kids at home to go to a job that has great hours or great pay but it bores you. Happiness is not working so hard and making all this money but missing out on all the moments. Your priorities will shift throughout your life, and that is totally fine. At one point, it might be school, it might be paying off loans, it might be kids or a family, it might be traveling the world. But whatever it is, good for you. Know what it is. Work towards that priority. But you must understand that your priorities will shift. You will evolve. You will grow. You will learn. You will change. And you need to accept and understand that, that means it's okay if you need to change things in your life as well. And I'm so guilty of this. But just because you said, hey, this is my goal, and you set out on one path, it doesn't mean that you can't leave. I know that you'll think, well, what will people think? What will people say? What does this mean about me? Who the heck cares? Who cares? Do you know what they really will say? We have all these internal feelings. Like, I don't know what they're going to say. I'm going to look so bad. Do you know what they'll say, guys? They're going to say, hey, wow, look at Nat. Look at her being so brave. Look at her going for what she wants and walking away from what isn't working. That's not at all what my internal self is telling me that people are saying, but that's what people really see when you make a shift in a direction that's better for you. Quitting is the most powerful thing you can do when you do it for you. When you do it because it's the right move, And it's always the right move to leave the wrong thing. And this is what you owe yourself. You must put the time into getting to know you, to know yourself well enough, to understand what your priorities are, so that you do in fact know what is wrong for you. And so now I'm going to talk a little about me because I don't know you, but I know me. I would never describe myself as anxious. That's not what I would say my personality type is. But I can tell you this, I start to feel anxious when things do not make sense, when the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm giving my time to, the choices that I'm making are not in line with my true self, what I really feel inside. I think that happiness and balance only exist when we are one complete person, when we are showing our inner self on the outside, when we can be one comprehensive person to everybody, being authentic, and working toward our goals. That really is what balance, happiness, peace is all about. And remember this, things do not have to be worked out to be okay. You don't find balance, peace, and happiness by getting to the end of the destination. You find balance, peace, and happiness by knowing you are on the right path, by prioritizing the right things, by being true to yourself, and being honest with yourself on the journey. And when things aren't this way, sometimes the first clue to yourself is feeling something unsettling, something isn't right. And for me, it's an anxious feeling that something I'm doing isn't really making sense. And there is power in this moment. And this is where most of us go wrong. This is where I've gone wrong in the past and where I think a lot of women go wrong. Because listen if you can learn to listen to yourself and trust yourself, you are so freaking powerful. Girl, you are powerful. I mean it. But that's not what most of us do. Most of us start to feel anxious, unsettled, wrong, like we're not performing. And we start to give more of ourselves to the wrong thing in an attempt to make it better. We start spending less of ourselves on the right thing start spending less of our time on our priorities because we're giving into this wrong thing, thinking that we can make it better or that that feeling will go away because we become set on not failing. We create an internal angst among us. Our soul, our internal self, knows that none of this is making sense, but our stubborn, goal-achieving self, our little perfectionist side, refuses to hear it. So we keep on marching forward, further away from who we really are, Avoiding the dreaded admission of I was wrong. And the longer that this goes on, the worse the anxiety and the harder it is for us to see what really is inside our own heart. We become too overwrought, exhausted, unsure of ourselves that we enter into a place of not even knowing where the truth lies. We don't feel good enough for anything. We begin to feel trapped and powerless like we have no options. And feeling powerless is not a recipe for balance, happiness, or peace. Let me tell you that. I've been there. It is not. It is actually the worst feeling in the whole world. It pushes you into further anxiety and despair. It brings fear into your real life, and it is not a good place to be. But you are not powerless. I know it is easy for me to sit here in the closet and say that, but listen, you are not, and I know this because I've been there. I have been called crazy, selfish, narcissistic, unappreciative, immature, and all sorts of things. But I am not those things. And I know that I'm not. What I am is a girl with really big dreams who wants to make a difference, but doesn't want to sacrifice her entire world in the process. My family is number one. If that doesn't work for you, I'm walking away. You can stop following me on Instagram. That's fine. I'm saying no. But if I'm spending time away from them, it's got to be for what sets my soul on fire, because that's the truest thing I can say to you. And when I say this, I'm starting to lean into my own power, and I want to help you do that also. But let's talk about this in real life so I can give you an example of one of the times where I've been there. Most of you listening know that I matched into emergency medicine. I completed my whole intern year in emergency medicine before I switched over and started over in an OBGYN residency. And this was such a hard time for me, you guys. I've never really taken the time to talk about it in detail. The truth is that I always wanted to be a doctor. Always. Always, always. I matched. I started emergency medicine and I quit. Gosh, it wasn't like four or five months later that I sat there with my program director and I quit. And I actually went to the program director with the I'm leaving, I'm quitting this, this is wrong for me, before I knew what I was going to do. That was one of the scariest yet greatest feelings of relief that I've ever experienced. I had no idea what was next, what the future would hold. I didn't know what to do, but I knew that what I was doing was not right, and so I quit. And that one decision to go in there and be brave, leave something that was wrong for me, even before I knew what else to do, That one decision, as hard as it was, was so significant in my career trajectory. That one brave decision to leap without being held back by fear or by what I was being told by everybody else around me, it changed me. And it's easy to say that you wouldn't be listening to me right now on this podcast without that decision. I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't have the life that I have. I wouldn't be at a place of balance, happiness, and peace without first understanding my own limitations, what it was that I needed, what was important for me, and learning to not be afraid to fight for that because those things are worth fighting for. But let's start before that. I want you to know how did I even end up in that position? How did I make the wrong choice? And the truth is I allowed the expectations of others, the opinions of others, being fearful of the things that were really in my heart, that's how I ended up on the wrong path. And I know I'm not the only one out there who's made the wrong decision or ended up on the wrong path and not known what to do. So, in medical school, I just loved it all. Okay, that's probably a huge overstatement, but really, medical school was the culmination of everything I really wanted at that time. I had previously lived contingently in the place of. Once I get into med school, it'll all be good. Life will be good. I'll be achieving my dream. I will be so happy. Yay, I made it. But guys, med school is hard. I mean, I know that's not a surprise, me sitting here telling you that medical school is hard. But yeah, obviously, Nat, it's hard. But the pressure is high. And not just the pressure to succeed or to excel. You're a little accustomed to that pressure by the time you get your white coat. You know, academic excellence, that's the name of the game. But the pressure that really overwhelmed me was the long term pressure. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a mom. How could I do both? I didn't come to medical school knowing I was going to be an infertility physician with this passion that I have now, but I just wanted to be a doctor. And here I am. I'm in Galveston. I'm a doctor, but now what? It might not be a surprise to some of you that the current medical school curriculum is not set up to allow medical students to find their true calling or to explore lots of options. And I really think this is one reason why we, physicians who are on social media but done with our training, who are on Instagram or other public platforms, are gaining strength for the first time a younger woman in medicine can get an idea of what something may be like, what a specialty is like, a behind-the-scenes glance at life as a woman in medicine in a certain field. It can show you that it's possible to do the things that you may not see in your actual training. And to be honest, I can't even imagine what this would have been like if it had been available to me 12 years ago. There's so much power in sharing our experiences. I just have to come back to that. But when I was in med school... This was the real life. We did two years of classroom work. You're all in the classroom or small groups, all learning, learning, test, tests, And then we started rotations. And this is what you did. OBGYN, internal medicine, surgery, psychiatry, pediatrics, family med. That took up a whole year. And then you had maybe two to three months of electives before you needed to go submit your application for residency, committing to a field for life, And what if those six things are not one of your passion? What if it's something you may never see? Do you have time to do an elective? What about a ways? What about fields like anesthesia, orthopedics, radiology, pathology, dermatology, ENT, urology, or the many others that medical students don't get exposed to? You had to know you had an interest and seek that out for an early elective. That would be the only way. So the system is flawed. That's a side note. And many medical schools are working on changing a curriculum to improve this exact problem. But that was how things were for me in med school. And I really liked them all, and I didn't have any female mentors, none. I did not see any women balancing their career and a family. I did not see any women loving their field. Nobody told me to pick a field I was passionate about. Seriously, nobody said, hey, if you're gonna do this for your living, Pick something where the subject matter inspires you, where the patient population brings you joy. Pick a field that makes it worth leaving your babies at home. And I know I've said it before that no matter your job, if it's medicine or not, if you want to be a mom, the moment you have to leave your child and go to work, there must be a reason. There must be something that inspires you, that sparks a little light inside that you want to dedicate your life to that. Something that really brings you happiness. And I mean, I i know it may not every day, but on the whole, it must. Otherwise, it will not be worth it. And I tell young women these things all the time, but nobody said them to me. And do you know what I was told? I was told, pick a field that's lifestyle friendly. Pick something that would let you have time with your family. There, nobody asked if it was right for me. Nobody asked if I enjoyed it. But everybody wanted to know how long is the training, how hard is the schedule, how tough is the residency, how lifestyle friendly is it for a working mom. And without any female mentors, liking all my clinical rotations, I mashed into a really competitive emergency medicine spot. It was a great program. It was a great program. Nothing was wrong with the program. It was just wrong for me. I had no idea how much I needed to take from my patients. I really need continuity. I wanted to follow a patient through a problem and be their person, be their doctor. And we use that word a lot in medicine, continuity. But in the ER, a patient comes in with a problem, you work them up, figure out the diagnostic puzzle, you send them home or admit them, or you leave and the next shift finalizes their care, and you leave and then you do it all over again. It is an incredibly hard and extremely admirable job. You have to know enough about everything. You are constantly calling consults and figuring out the best plan for each patient. I was miserable. The people who were not miserable, who excelled in the field, were freaking rock stars. They could come in, give 110% and walk away. They didn't miss that interaction with the patients like they could give it all when they were there and they could go home and enjoy their home and it killed me the leaving the patients not knowing if i did the right thing was i right was i wrong what happened that lack of follow-through tortured me and i suddenly realized that i was not getting what i needed from the patient doctor relationship i needed more i really wanted to be that person to be there for the patient, to know their whole story. That's what I love about medicine. And it wasn't there in the ER. It would never be there. The environment was not right. And so do you know what I did when I started feeling this way? Like any good perfectionist would, I tried harder. I put more of me into the situation. I tried to will the environment to be right for me or tried to will myself to fit into the environment. I tried. I loved the people but something was missing so much that the harder I tried, I just kept getting further and further from myself. I started to feel anxious and depressed, and when I mentioned these feelings to other people before I'd really figured it out, this is what they would say: "Well, the ER is hard. Well, everyone feels this way, intern year. This is just intern year blues. Residency's only three years. You can work as much or as little as you want when you're done." But guys, no, those were not reassuring, and they made me realize that I really was losing myself in my attempts to change for the environment. I was exhausted and unhappy. I found it hard to read or study or even invest more of me into it at some point, and I felt such an internal conflict that I knew I was losing who I was and losing that joy for something I previously had loved. So I scheduled a meeting with my program director, and I told him, I'm so sorry, I've made the wrong choice. This program is great. It's really supportive, but it's not right for me. And I need to find another field. I need to quit this program. Guys, I was so scary. I like can't even tell you. It was a defining moment for me, though. I felt so powerless. I felt so ashamed. I felt so embarrassed. I felt like a failure. How could I have gotten into this spot? And my program director, he said the most beautiful thing to me. And To all of you who are or who may ever be in a position of power, just listen. Let's all try to strive and be as amazing as my program director was for me. He said, Natalie, you're a great doctor. Any field would be lucky to have you. And I will stand by you and we will make this happen. You need to go and think about all of your experiences, what you liked and what you didn't, and what is missing, And don't give lifestyle or work hours or training length a single thought. Not a single thought. You will make a job work for you. You will have a family. But if you don't love it, it'll never be worth it. And seriously, that was one of the most profound things for me. It was so different than every other message I had ever received as a young woman in a competitive field. And so we agreed. I would stay for the year. It would give me time to figure things out. And I wouldn't leave my peers high and dry. I'd give him a chance to fill the spot, but I was done. I was quitting. And I still have a copy of the recommendation letter he wrote me for other programs. And to have someone support like that on a journey and finding yourself, there's nothing more meaningful to a young person. And so OBGYN called to me, and you can imagine what I heard from that end. OB is so hard, the culture is mean, you're crazy, you could be done with training in two years, but you're going to do four more. I mean, really, it was seven more because I did a fellowship. But I heard all of these things, but I knew that taking care of women at vulnerable times of their lives was what really was inspiring me. I wanted to be an advocate for women's health, and I wanted to be an expert on a subject matter that really mattered for me, be an end game for my patients. And REI is so right because it's a bigger extension of this. Talk about vulnerability and advocating for women. Talk about relationships and knowing your patients. It is without a doubt the field that I'm supposed to be in. And I can leave my sweet, sweet babies at home four mornings a week because I love it, because it inspires me, and I am passionate about it. But I had to leave the things that were wrong to get to this point. Even if you don't know what the right path is, that's how it was for me. I had to learn to look inside, to lean into the anxiety, to figure out where it was rooted and make active steps to make my life what I wanted. I know you've heard it before that if you change nothing, nothing will change. And I had to look fear in the face, acknowledge it, but know that I was worth this struggle. I was worth it. Loving my life was worth it. And so listen, I know that leaving a job feels like a failure. I honestly think that's part of why people burn out in medicine, because being a clinician is really hard. You have to balance so many things at once, and it can be exhausting. And if you're not on a path that really inspires you, drives you, that you're passionate about, it is not going to be the best fit. You can't change yourself to fit into the bad environment. Sometimes the environment, the choice, the job, the relationship, whatever, is not right. To stay will only lead you to lose yourself more. You will lose your authenticity, your happiness, your sense of purpose, and the feeling of power. And so when I say, girl, quit your job, I mean it. But not just your job, or maybe not your job at all, but quit. Say no. Walk away. Leave. Search for better. Understand what you need. Know that you are worth it. You have more power than you realize, Do not let yourself stay in a position and feel powerless. Everything does not have to be worked out to be okay. It may be uncomfortable. It will be hard. And it might mean that you have to change your finances, move somewhere else, cut back, make a huge other change, but you're worth it. This life is too short. You are too smart to waste your potential. So girl, just stop, stop. And so I have a challenge for you. And it's not necessarily an easy one, but I need you to take some time for you. And so tomorrow morning or one morning this week, I think the morning is best, set your alarm for 20 minutes earlier. Grab a coffee and sit at the table. When everybody else is sleeping, you know, the roommates, the pets, the kids, the husbands, whatever, grab a notebook or your computer if you have that secret life planning document like I do and write about this. When was the last time you felt anxious or unsettled or not at peace? What was it about? And I don't care, like make a mess, bullet points, sentences, circles, a picture, just dump it out on the page. What was at the heart of the anxiety? What is in your soul? And how can we leave that place, whatever it's about? How can we take that anxiety that you have or you're feeling that something is wrong and make active steps to change it? And that's a hard question. I'm actually not asking you to make any actions on it right now. I'm just asking you to make yourself worth it, to take the time to look inside at why you may be feeling what you're feeling, to understand that you are worth it and that life is too short to stay in an environment that's wrong for you. And I can sit here and say this because I have been there and I've lived to tell the tale and I'm on the other side and I'm speaking to you right now from a place where I am really happy and I feel really balanced and I feel at peace. And it has not been an easy journey, but I want that for all of you as well. And so thank you so much for listening today. I am really excited about this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Please continue to share the As A Woman podcast with all your friends, Please continue to send feedback. I've been loving all the topics you've been requesting for future episodes, like creating your professional image, how-tos of personal branding, endometriosis, PCOS, and life as a mom in medicine. Keep sending them in and look out for all the great episodes to come. Feel free to follow me on my Instagram at NatalieCrawfordMD and check out the blog at NatalieCrawfordMD.com. Thanks so much, and join me next week for Episode 14, Preparing for Your First Infertility Visit.